Hey everyone, it's Matt Harmon from the Yahoo Fantasy Football Show. Are you sad there's no fantasy football going on right now? Yeah, me too. I've got good news for you though. It is fantasy baseball season right now. Join a public league, join an instant draft, or create a league with your buddies before opening day. It's Yahoo Fantasy Baseball time. Sign up for the 2024 fantasy baseball season at yahoo.com slash fantasy baseball or on the Yahoo Fantasy app. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hello and welcome to the Yahoo Fantasy Football Forecast. I'm Liz Loza. Dalton Del Don is here too. He has been toiling away covering three sports at the same time for Yahoo. How are you holding up, Triple D? Doing all right. Yes, as you mentioned, filming some hoops vids, writing about baseball futures. So even more than usual, you need to carry this pod, Liz. Oh, wow. Hoops vids and what did you say? Baseball features? Baseball futures. Yeah. Futures like futures. betting on the divisional odds. Yeah. Betting some future divisional odds. Baseball, NL and AL. Pianowski, uh, both uh, two columns out talking baseball betting. Uh, yeah, I said fantasy basketball, but yeah, I've got some time to talk some football. If for no other reason, then um, I'm going to complain eventually about the Super Bowl because uh, I know it's very timely, but I haven't been on the podcast since. So uh, yeah, let's talk some football. <laughs> well, fair enough. You have, you have the floor, but I want one hot basketball take and one hot baseball take before we begin. Just so that I can, like, quote you and then say it to other people to look really in the know. Oh, man. Um, hot baseball. And it can't be about Katie because everybody knows that. Can't be about Katie. All right. Okay. Well, Andrew Wiggins is balling for the Warriors. He's uh, he's the most underrated player in basketball right now is Andrew Wiggins. He's, like, the second best uh, field goal percentage against on players he's defended this year. So it leads all non-bigs in blocks per game. Andrew Wiggins uh, on the Warriors is an underrated real-life player right now. Um, what do you want? You want baseball hot take? Sure, give um, me a baseball I'm a, hot take. Okay, baseball hot take. I'll say... Um, Ooh, uh, Corbin Burns wins a Cy Young in the NL. Okay. Well, no surprise that the basketball players from Golden State, but all right. Corbin Burns, Cy Young, where are you? Milwaukee Greg Brewers. Was a Cy Young Award winner after he left the Cubs and went to the Atlanta Braves. How's that for a deep pull bet you weren't right. expecting? Yeah, it? Nice. I like it. I like it. I like it. All, All right. right. So what's the football world up to? What's you got to inform me? What's going on? We got some, some, some moves to be talked, discussed even today. Breaking news, right? Yeah, we got some breaking news, so let's get to it. Although I'm sure you're listening to this on Friday, so you're already well aware that uh, Carson Wentz has been traded from the Philadelphia Eagles to the Indianapolis Colts. Um, of course, football Twitter has their takes, but Dalton, I when I looked at the data, was most interested, because obviously when you think about the Colts, you think about their offensive line. And they provided Phillip Rivers last year. Now, admittedly, there's probably going to be some changes along that line this year. But last year, they provided Phillip Rivers with a protection rate of 91%, which was QB3 for that category. One step further, Phillip Rivers, in his declining arm strength, managed 51 deep ball attempts. Now, when you look at Carson Wentz, he only received from the Eagles banged up offensive line a protection rate 
of, I believe, 82%, which was QB 29 for that category. So obviously the difference in the line is quite significant, yet he managed 57 deep ball attempts, six more than Phillip Rivers. We also know that Carson Wentz, uh, not really a dink and dunk kind of passer struggles with those um the short to intermediate passing game you could see that in Miles Sanders receptions obviously both of these receiving cores were banged up throughout the season um how do you feel about Carson Wentz moving forward and before we hit and and let's talk about the Colts uh the 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 effects to Indianapolis before we turn to Philadelphia all right. I don't think this moves the needle hugely, but it is interesting that your Bears didn't make an offer. I'm curious your take on the quarterback yeah. situation for Chicago. Um, it is interesting that the Colts apparently made a call about Derek Carr's availability. But Frank Reich obviously knows Wentz well. So if he, he gave up some draft capital here, so that speaks something. And, you know, the, I believe Wentz on a per-game basis, fantasy-wise, was a top-five QB the last time they were together. I've been out on him, though, the last couple of years. There's injury risk and all those sacks are killers. You bring up a great point about the offensive line. I mean, that could be a big help. I mean, I do think sacks are most or mostly on the quarterback, though, when he holds the ball too long. But it certainly cannot hurt, though, having a, a great one. Um, and guys like Michael Pittman are interesting. Paris Campbell, very interesting before the injuries. Um, uh, other things to note, like maybe it won't be as many dump-offs to Jonathan Taylor, whom I like. But but Wentz at least like solidifies the QB position there in the Colts. He'll at least get average-ish, uh, maybe with a higher ceiling than an aging um, Phillip Rivers. So I'm okay with it if you want to invest in, in these Colts fantasy-wise. Um, but, you know, it's not anything super, super exciting. I mean, do, do you have a take there? I'm more excited about what it means for the Eagles. Um, of course. Uh so I think it's good of you to mention the reunion with Frank Reich. I, I was, if we want to talk about the Bears, relieved, frankly, that the Bears did not dig in on Carson Wentz because I think the connective tissue, yes, between John Filippo, but also Nick Foles and his relationship with Carson Wentz is a little bit too incestuous. And why did we do the last thing if we were going to do this thing sort of thing, you know, Um I, I frankly, our our manager, our boss, Jason Klobaka, texted me this morning as the news broke, and I said I was grateful that we dodged a bullet. Uh, Carson Wentz, if you're mentioning totally. the offensive line and his sack percentages, have obviously shown, and I think this is since his first significant injury as a pro, a reluctance to getting hit. Um trouble not just having time to plant his feet but um a lack of you know before he got hurt he had that impro ability and we just haven't seen him do that nearly as much now whether that was a business decision or something more we will never know right um so I think when you look at the Bears offensive line and the struggles they've had like I don't think that Carson Wentz moving to the Bears is a solution because he doesn't have a skill set that could perform behind that line again Nick Foles is there for that reason um but I do think the Colts are interesting, and I think Michael Pittman is interesting. I would love to bet on Paris Campbell, but again, when you look at the reluctance that um, Wentz has to hitting the middle of the field, um, particularly his slot receivers, I'm a little. I want to see how mini camps go. Like I want to see how the rapport develops. I've been high on Pittman since he came out of USC. I love his yak ability. I think he, 
you know, this is not a talent comp, but I think if we're looking and it's by no means an apples to apples comparison between squads, probably he's going to be that Elshon Jeffrey type of outside receiver for Wentz. And if I'm looking at the deep ball attempts, like I think Pittman can make that happen. And I like his like toughness and his versatility to do all the things we all should, should note that T.Y. Hilton probably unlikely yeah, he's probably yeah. Yeah. to be back. So that would make Pittman uh, the wide receiver one. I think this kind of kills Naheem Hines' value a lot. Um, I don't imagine that Naheem Hines, especially without Phillip Rivers, who we know loves to check down, asked Austin Eckler um, to his running back. Like, probably we're going to see less value in P- even in PPR-friendly leads for Hines. Uh, is there anything I missed before we head over to the Eagles? No, it's a great point about Hines in, in PPR. Definitely losing value. Rivers uh, totally checked down, and that's not something Wentz typically has done. Um, Wentz is not going to be like a top 12 fantasy QB but in Superflex, wow. he's top 20 here. It should be noted that, yes, he has put up big numbers and as down as I am on him and the advanced stats, the completion above uh, expectations uh, percentage is the last two years have been really, really like bottom five. But he can run. As you said, he's aggressive. And now he moves indoors. And with Pittman and Campbell, uh, I know they haven't done it before, but man, he had some very not exciting weapons coming from Philly. So I, I think Wentz could be you know, in that top 20-ish range of, of fantasy QBs next year. Jalen Rager. Now, there is, we should say, there is some, this year, this time of year for football fans is always like the ultimate rumor mill, right? It's super middle school. Somebody hears something, they run with it. Um, And a lot of, like, we're galaxy braining every day. But there is currently a rumor that the Eagles could draft another quarterback. I believe they have the sixth overall pick in the 2021 draft. Again, rumors that they might... uh, draft a quarterback, which seems bananas, or this is some posturing to make sure that Rager, uh, I'm sorry, not Jalen Rager, Jalen Hurts, um, you know, doesn't just think he's being handed the job. Although that is also bananas because if Jalen Hurts has showed us anything, it's a resiliency to become the starter even when he loses the job or is counted out per his career and relationship with Tua in college. Yeah, so I, I'm biased here. I have Hurts in two dynasty leagues, um, and I, I'm in on him. I'm, a, I'm rating him, ranking him aggressively as of now. I hope the Eagles do not mess around and draft another QB. He showed enough, I thought. He had impressive nerd stats in college passing the ball, not just you know the, the CPOE yeah. stat. It looked like he can place the ball better than uh, maybe people gave him credit for. And, and his video game stats as a rusher, I mean, that's where the fantasy comes in here. I mean, he's, his ability to run the ball. And um, they asked a lot of him— um, it was a small sample last year, but he had the lowest expected completion percentage. So uh, don't look at his passing numbers last year. I think he quietly suffered like a hamstring injury that last game and, and was kind of underreported. He had the highest average depth of target, I think, um, uh, for those uh, obviously he didn't qualify. But so I throw away his passing stats last year. I think he has plenty capable to be a good en- enough NFL player. And then for fantasy with the legs, a superstar. I have him right. He's going to be either like my QB seven or QB eight, Ooh. assuming the Eagles don't obviously go draft a QB. And I think other guys who should be definitely looking at their fantasy value rising is Dallas Goddard, who has great uh, immeasurables. And it looks like Zach Ertz is not going to return. And Miles Sanders. I mean, he may not get as many dump offs, but man, this opens up the, the running lanes. We saw it with that big 88 yard run late in the year because of Hertz. So I think it's really going to help his uh, yards per carry there too. So I'm I'm in on Sanders and really in on Hurts, man. I hope they don't mess around and bring in another QB. This guy, uh, let this guy see what he can do for sure. But I don't even think it'll affect him, right? Like, be- again, because we know his college history. And the one of the, the note that every single scout, not like, 
football Twitter scout, but like actual NFL scout noted was his leadership skills and his ability to stay focused. Locker rooms love him. We saw that last year when he provided a spark to an, a lifeless receiving core in Philadelphia. To your point about the uh, the fan the rushing ability that can pad his fantasy stats. He was the QB nine over the last five weeks of 2020. He is the embodiment of this new era signal caller. And even with like the fumbles that everyone wants to kill him for and that dusty a receiving core, he averaged 30 fantasy points per game over the three contests in which he played all four quarters. So I don't know if I'm going to have the stones, frankly, to rank him as aggressively as you have QB seven is pretty, pretty high, but I understand it because you have to imagine that, you know, the first, wait, I'm going to guess like Aaron Rodgers, everybody, all of the mobile quarterbacks are ranked. And then you probably have Aaron Rodgers, like a QB five or six right ahead of him. Okay. So senior year, he ran for 1300 yards and 20 touchdowns. Yeah, Um, He ran in 20 scores his, his last year at Oklahoma. Maybe you think I'm crazy coming off MVP year, but I mean, I'm personally drafting Hurts ahead of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, one year ago, uh, you know, at at Rodgers' age and he doesn't run the ball at all anymore. No, I I would absolutely go with Hurts over Rodgers next year fantasy. Rodgers is outside of your top seven. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because they're all rushers. They're all runners. Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Deshaun Watson, Kyler Murray, Hurts, Russell Wilson. And um, I mean, you want to meet Herbert, Herbert even too. So, I mean, then we can even get uh, nitpicking with like Stafford on the Rams. But, but I mean, yeah, so pretty easily. I'll have Rodgers outside my top 10 right there. I mean, for wow. fantasy, you got to run. I mean, you have to run. You simply yeah, have no, to no. run. I, I, I mean, I, I wrote the, the art, an article about this. I totally agree with you. I feel like that Aaron Rodgers, well, last year at least, Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady were the non-mobile older quarterbacks. Rodgers obviously more mobile than Tom Brady ever was. Um, but they were the outliers in this category. I, I am surprised. Well, I mean, we'll see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. Like the content wheel is going to be spinning with Rodgers news uh, heading into this offseason, especially after his comments you know, after the conference championship game. But, um, woo, I, I, all right, I don't have um, Hertz as my QB7. I have him closer to my uh, QB10 range, QB12 range. But, um, all right, I'm here for it. What are your thoughts, though, on – I like the Goddard call, especially with Ertz leaving. I love the Miles Sanders call. Also, yes, opening up the running lanes at the cost of short passes, but that's okay. I think Hertz just also has instincts that are um, – I don't know, more fluid and and maybe the checkdowns won't the check. I feel like the checkdowns will be more strategic and less out of um, panic. And so that makes sense. Where are we feeling about Jalen Rager, though? Well, a couple of things to clarify quickly. If you're in a super flex league, I get it. Rogers is, is much safer, but I really do think in one QB league, you got to go for the home run and not the 38 year old who doesn't run. Having said that, I love Aaron Rodgers. We're talking about uh, college right before we started recording. I went to Chico. He's from Butte junior college right there. Then he went to Cal, which is just right down the road from where I sit right now. Love Aaron Rodgers. One of the five best QBs ever. Um, He's love not him. And maybe that's you don't too, have to apologize. Hot of a take, but I have standby even odds, even money anyone uh that for next year's fantasy value Jalen Hurts um we're talking Jalen Rager yeah I don't know um it's I don't expect um well we may be the only game in town other than Goddard so he'll take a leap in year number two um 
I, I think that he probably uh, should not have been drafted ahead of Justin Jefferson in hindsight. Yeah, I, I think you're probably I think you're probably right on that one. Um, let's talk about another quarterback, uh, Deshaun Watson. He has no interest in returning to Houston. Um, he's not the only one. J.J. Watt has been released by the team, uh, despite the fact, and I believe this was sourced by Charles Robinson, our own Charles Robinson, um, that teams did inquire about Watt, called Houston inquiring about Watt, and offered some pieces, but Houston released him regardless of uh, fielding these offers, which I, I do think is a, a, another interesting wrinkle to the Texan saga. I feel bad dumping on him right now, given everything that's going on uh, yeah. meteorologically <laughs> with that part of the country right now. But um, what, it, like, not, we can have a conversation about, you know, the socio the the socio the societal implications of Deshaun Watson wanting to leave and how poorly the Texans have managed this situation but less that like when I think about Deshaun Watson wanting to leave like I have to imagine and JJ Watt to that end he wants to go to a contender they want to go to contenders what is the point of Deshaun Watson going to the New York Jets especially given the lack of weapons in there thus that he understands apparently per the report inability to like build a cohesive unit, an environment of winning around him. Although he yeah, really nice wants to go, you know, go ahead. I'm sorry. He wants to work with Sala. So, you know, uh, the JJ Watt thing, all I can say real quickly is it's, made, it's a nice PR move and I'm good on him, good on them to do that to him. But it was weird that they didn't get a, a draft pick there. Yeah, another curious move for sure. Deshaun Watson. Wow. Okay. So your bears, uh, what were they thinking? Not drafting him to begin with. What were my Niners who never get a hard time? Uh, Shanahan was just taking over. They didn't have a quarterback. Uh, we, we swapped our teams. They took not only the Niners not take a quarterback. They took Solomon Thomas, who's been a total bust. Uh, we saw Watson dominate in the championship game. Everyone had watched it. His coach called him. You're passing on Michael Jordan of this draft. If you do. And then a bunch of teams did. I don't get it. He's so good. Uh, PFF just recently had a a column that argued he's coming off arguably the best quarterback season of the last 15 years when you consider his supporting cast I mean I'll even go deeper there's no he doesn't even ever get as much play action there's poor coaching a bad offensive line a zero running game look at his receivers he led the NFL last year in YPA by more than a half a yard I mean, he's a superstar. If I'm the Niners, I'd trade three first-rounders and Nick Bosa. And I love Nick Bosa, but his cartilage damage. I would just do anything for the, you know, two or three superstars at quarterback that just change a franchise. He's one of them. So I'd go all in. One note I'd have here, I looked at uh, BetMGM has the Broncos at 66-1 to to win the Super Bowl. They trade for Deshaun Watson. They might be the favorite. So I, I really like that action there. On or whatever, one of the three or four, whatever, three or four or five favorites, whatever. They're a handful of favorites. Sorry, I jumped the gun there. Whatever. They traded for Deshaun Watson. The, the Broncos would become immediately uh, one of the five favorite Super Bowls. So you get it at 66 to one now. I like that. So Deshaun well, Watson, uh, I love him. <laughs> given, their, given the Broncos division, I mean, they're going to have to do something, right? And there was a report that came out today that, um, that the brass in, in Denver – is not interested in any of the second-tier quarterbacks. So, like, Marcus Mariota, Cam Newton, you know, that level of quarterback. They are only interested in the elite guys, and certainly that would mean of those that are left, right? Matt Stafford's in Los Angeles. Carson Wentz, if you could imagine him to be elite, like, is 
in Indianapolis, Deshaun Watson would be it. I have a feeling, though, that they're going to stick with Locke and the excuse is going to be that he didn't have healthy enough weapons, right? No Cortland Sutton, and we'll see what Locke can do when he has a healthy receiving core, except your point about Deshaun Watson not having a receiving healthy receiving core, not having new Hopkins, um, not having an offensive line. Like, I know I'm talking about protection rate a lot, but also we just came from a Super Bowl where I, where I took Tampa Bay and the under because of the lack of protection to Patrick Mahomes, and I didn't get sucked into the KC over situation, so I am focused on the trench talk as dry as it may be to some people. But Deshaun Watson, and this is, again, I think where that new era mobility comes into play, a protection rate of 81.4%. That's worse than Carson Wentz. It's QB 30 for that statistical category, and yet, you're right, number one in YPA and number four in true completion percentage, number five in deep ball completion percentage, he doesn't need to plant his feet. Like, the, the amount, his, his, the time necessary for Deshaun Watson is is so much smaller than for these, like, typical statuesque quarterbacks or these inaccurate passers. He can do all of the things. And here's my favorite stat about Deshaun Watson. Clean pocket completion percentage, 87.8. That is number one. Imagine what he could do behind not just like a good offensive line, but a fine offensive line. That's like the sticky stat, too, is the clean pocket, how they perform there. So, yeah, he's 25 years old still. Um, yeah, do anything you can to trade him uh, any of these franchises. This absolutely should go all in. And Denver... Um, I agree with you that it's going to be. I looks to like it's going to be Watson or Locke, which Locke would be like the far more likelier here. But man, if he somehow, if they did, were able to pull it off with Cortland Sutton returning, Jerry Judy, yeah. Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler, Noah Fant, and a decent. I think their defense was 11th or 12th in DVOA. Um, man, that would be that would be something. So, but selfishly, um, and even as a, yeah, a Jimmy G guy, um, I'm with the Niners to go all in. Uh, Deshaun and your Bears, I'm sure, are right there too. But they. Man, they yeah, won't do no, it out of pride, he's, he's though, so that, because it would be admitting it for Ryan Pace, like it's career suicide right. if he totally admits yeah. the mistake. Yeah, I, yeah, you're right. Nope. Yeah, it, yeah. That with him still there, yeah, I think I just mentally figured Pace they're going to move on from Pace, but yeah, with him still there, yeah, that's you're right. That's probably not going to happen. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, it sounds like he's dug in, though, and wants to leave. And, and if you listen to Andre Johnson, who never really criticizes, even he's ta- making mm. some cryptic comments. So I feel, it sounds like Watson is going to be on the move somewhere. So uh, I don't know. That's obviously the storyline of the offseason. Let's talk about Ben Roethlisberger. Um, we, you know, this is another quarterback that's theoretically perhaps on the move. His His situation in Pittsburgh is certainly... Murky to say Beth, he as murky at the best. Um, he has said he doesn't care how much the Steelers pay him in 2021, but there's a cap situation in Pittsburgh. And um, I don't think anyone can debate that his play last year coming off of the elbow surgery, in which he had plenty of time to recover, was not great. And some might argue uh, cost the team a real postseason run. Yeah, it was ugly, uh, Roethlisberger, for sure. Um, I was in an industry, I'm in an industry dynasty league in late near with Elliot Christ. I traded uh, my Ben Roethlisberger for his Jared Goff. 
And even in a super flex league, I might prefer a retired Big Ben to than Jared Goff now without McVeigh and, and the Lions. So we might we might have been both losers on that deal. But I think yeah, Roethlisberger. At first, I thought he was definitely going to retire. Now I'm saying maybe not. But I, I don't know what's the alternative. Well, I mean, who's Pittsburgh going to turn to? I mean, maybe they they'll definitely a threat to draft a quarterback. Obviously, but um, yeah, he he looked washed. Uh, didn't look great. So with those weapons, they have a lot of nice receivers there. Obviously, Juju may move on. But um, yeah, that's definitely another situation to pay attention to. But I don't have a, a strong take here because even if Big Ben does return, I mean, it's going to be more of the same. And we saw uh, the upside is pretty limited at this stage of his career. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with um, with Juju Smith-Schuster, right? And like how that receiving core is affected. I think it's also worth noting, though, that Marquise Pouncey, retired right and he was the team center and there was that very now gone viral clip after um their last game together Roethlisberger and Pouncey where like Ben Roethlisberger was bereft and apologizing to Pouncey and Pouncey was just kind of like shaking his head about it so there is um an opportunity for a rebuild situation, even though it feels like Pittsburgh has been in rebuild rebuild mode since the killer bees dispersed. I mean, Roethlisberger got 5.8 YPA the second half. I mean, that is bad in today's passing league too. I mean, there's the touchdowns were there, but he, I don't know, man, I'm pretty concerned, um, especially with those receivers he's throwing to, to get that bad. That's like a baseball player hitting 180 or something. That's, that's rough. So it's a strong concern, man. It, it, it's a real, real concern that he's done. So I don't know what Pittsburgh does. It'll be interesting to see for sure. Yeah, we'll, we'll definitely, I'm sure and, we'll and be Claypool, talking. You know, Claypool's a budding star, and Deontay Johnson gets all those targets. So, I mean, fantasy managers are definitely going to be interested here, and they might need to spend draft capital on a running back, too. So, yeah, Pittsburgh has a ton of questions right now. Allen Robinson, you mentioned my Bears, is probably the number one or number two. We'll talk about the number potential number two uh, in a second. Wide receiver free agent for this year. Um, you know, at the, the two sides, Robinson and the Bears, haven't, according to a report from Tom Pelissero, had long-term contract discussions since the beginning of the season, which obviously is now well over. I think there's a chance this could get ugly. I also, you know, in one of our one of our group assignments has been like, what's a dream landing spot for a free agent? And it's like, well, I don't <laughs> I don't want Chris Godwin to go to Chicago. Not uh, if if he's there to replace Allen Robinson, like this feels like a one for one situation, right? Like I, I don't know how we move all of the pieces around. Like I love Kenny Galladay. I'd love to see him stay in the NFC North. I love Kenny Galladay, except like if you're getting rid of, uh, if you, if you have Jared Goff, like, eh, I understand his reluctance, but from like a target perspective, a volume POV, so you lose Danny Amendola and you, you lose Marvin Jones and we always preach in fantasy that volume is king. Obviously, from a fantasy perspective, Kenny, Gall- Kenny Galladay is best served staying in Detroit. I would love to see him in Chicago, but if we see him in Chicago, it means we're getting rid of Allen Robinson, and that's no fun. Even though, again, like Kenny Galladay's from, he went to Northern Illinois University. He's a Husky. Bringing him home might be fun, blah, blah, blah. But, like, I don't want Allen Robinson to leave. Tampa Bay doesn't want Chris Godwin to leave because at least Tampa Bay is in win-now mode coming off of a Super Bowl victory. But... What do, I don't understand. I don't know what the, what Chicago is going to do. Like, and also, who's going to throw him the damn ball? He's got to be frustrated given the two franchises he's played for. 
I'm with you totally. There's no like obvious, oh, I want this receiver to end up there. There's no like glaring, oh, this team needs a number one. And if you add a, uh, you know, another star to this situation, you're going to hurt their player A. So um, yeah, there aren't no obvious fits. Um, who's going to quarterback your Bears? I thought, so is it not Trubisky? Uh, they're not going to bring him back? I mean, what is the situation there? So Robinson's great with the volume and I'd love to see him get with an actual quarterback. The list of the uh, quarterbacks he's had throughout his career is is totally laughable. So uh, I'd love him to end up in a in a dome with a star quarterback. I mean, I would absolutely have no problem ranking him as like a top three fantasy receiver. I think he's that good in real life. But right now it's a wait and see approach for sure. It's so many variables. And obviously it matters a ton when you're talking receiver, which is just all about opportunity. I mean, Allen Robinson, like volume has been what has kept his fantasy value afloat over the last two years, right? He had 153 targets in 2019 and he cleared 150 again in 2020. Um Regardless of the efficiency of whichever quarterback was under center, for like QB four in red zone targets, top ten in air yards, nearly fifteen hundred air yards, um, over a hundred catches, oh twelve hundred and fifty uh, receiving yards. Like what he could do with stability under center. Not even like I don't even think he needs elite talent or above average talent under center. I think he just needs stability because the bears weren't even able to provide him with that last year. I think it would, if you want my guess right now, who will be the starting quarterback? I am. I think they're going to run the whole thing back and just have another blame it on COVID and have another kind of Foles Trubisky competition and maybe bolster the O line and say like, well, yeah, I don't know, because or if they were smart, right? Like, I guess if we kept the same talent, it could run kind of a QB, QBBC leaning on Trubisky's mobility, but Foles' ability to play cerebrally. Then that, I don't know, like people are throwing out Ryan Fitzpatrick. I would love to see Fitzmagic in Chicago. That would be fun AF, but also I don't think it's a winning recipe. <laughs> Yeah, no, I wouldn't mind him as a backup uh, with Jimmy G's injuries in SF too. Uh, Allen Robinson, um, Robinson, um, definitely, uh, yeah, I, I, I like, I like him for sure. And it just depends on the, the QB. I was going to say is the QB situation in, in, um, in Chicago. Is it true that no Bears ever thrown for four thousand yards? Um, I believe, I believe that is uh, the case there. But um, I loved Anthony Miller. That was a swing and miss there. I thought he was going to emerge. Darnell Mooney's running wide open down the field. Um, I lo- you love the air yards where they could not c- connect unrealized, but he's really impressed. But yeah, just uh, uh, but that's A-Rob's but that's just to your point though approach. because. You, when you have a technician like Al, like what is the thing that Allen Robinson does the best? He runs routes. He is a technician, right? Like that is what is so beautiful about his game. It is incredibly polished. Mooney is obviously the speedster, but when you have a downfield speedster, right. you need to have timing in place. And when you don't have stability under center, you don't have an opportunity to build rapport, and you don't have an O line that can protect probably your better passer, just passer, then. Uh, the timing is not available to put into play the speed element that is so necessary to have a fully cohesive offense. Yeah, A-Rob wouldn't need all that volume, too, if he ever played with the quarterback through the ball a little bit more accurate, too. It wouldn't require all that volume. But um, yeah, there'll definitely be another story to follow. Let's talk about Chris Godwin. I know this is where you want to lament the Super Bowl. I've already mentioned, I think, once, and I'm going to do it again, that I took Tampa Bay and the under. I was wrong, however, about Chris Godwin over, I think I think the prop was over under 76-ish receiving yards. I took the over on that. And I was incorrect, obviously, is this 
the end to which you are upset with Chris uh, with Chris Godwin? Godwin's fine. What I, I just using this as an excuse, like I said, I haven't been on the pod uh. since the Super Bowl, and just want to talk a little. Uh, well, how silly of a game that was, but just the Chiefs here, man. So Chiefs are twenty four and two of the last twenty six games, including beating my 49ers in the Super Bowl, my favorite team. I had a twenty thousand dollars futures ticket on the on them to win the Super <laughs> Bowl. So just brutal there. Hold on, they're twenty four and two. There are two losses. Are this season when I had them in my survivor pool at home as 15 point favorites against the Raiders, and then in the Super Bowl when I had a lot more money on them in a game in which featured in no particular order two shank punts, a muff snap on a punt. Yes, the punter got the yips in the middle of the Super Bowl, an offsides on a fourth and five field goal attempt, a horrible PI called Mike Evans where they clipped, tripped on each other's feet, a PI in the play afterward over 20 yards over his head. It should have just been a five yard penalty. Instead, for some reason, they gave him to him at the one. Mahomes is punched in the face. There was no call on that. Travis Kelsey literally dropped a ball on third down. I don't think he had a drop all season on third down that completely shut down a drive. The Chiefs called timeout for some reason at the end of the half. I'm still, no one's explained that one to me. The Chiefs calling timeout when the Bucks had the ball on second down. Uh, Brady threw an interception that was very questionable penalty on Honey Badger across the field. Both Tyreek uh, Hill and Darrell Williams had balls hit them in the face in the end zone and were dropped for, for touchdowns. Uh, just, just frustrating, man. This is Mahomes' first game ever in the pros, lost by two scores. But other than that, I was happy with the outcome. But no, I, I say that because I, I feel like uh, you, you know, you're, you, you, you're said you, you know, you were happy you're on the right side. Kevin Clark and the Ringer says the Chiefs would have won nine times out of ten. But when I went on this rant before we started recording, producer Ragu believes agrees with me. All I'm saying is I think the Chiefs win five or six times out of 10 if they play that Super Bowl, uh, despite the blowout score. I think people are underrating the cascade effect of how crazy bad luck that first half was. But go ahead and counter, because there are some good counters. I mean, I think the main counter is that everybody wanted... I think people got sucked into the baton passing narrative and everybody wants Patrick Mahomes, who represents a new era of quarterback, not just stylistically and via his skill set, but also societally, um, a changing of the guard. We're sick of Tom Brady. It's not fair. Well, I think people need to get out of their feelings about that and stop wish casting when they're making analysis. I would have preferred the Chiefs to, I was in the Chiefs locker room after the 20, uh, last year's Super Bowl. It was super fun. I love, like, they're great. However, I also feel like when you look at the data and week 12, when uh, these two teams met over the regular season, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and we know Todd Bowles is far from passive, right? He's an ultra aggressive DC. They pressured they pressured Mahomes relentlessly to the tune of 12 hurries. That was the third most hurries Mahomes recorded over the regular season. The first was against the Chargers in overtime, so okay. And the second was against the New Orleans Saints in Week 15. Obviously, a similar defense there. Um, we know he has a toe injury. He just, I know everyone's like, oh, he says it's fine. Sure, because players never downgrade or, or downplay the extent of an injury handicapping them. He's just got surgery on it. So clearly it wasn't just, quote, okay. And he was out without his uh, left tackle. In fact, there were three starting offensive linemen that were not present from the year before Super Bowl victory. And I think that people were just excited about offense because it's more exciting and it's more fun. It reminded me very much of the Peyton Manning, um, Cam Newton Super Bowl. What was that? Super Bowl 50, I believe. 
And not just because, like, this was a quarterback, you know, trying to win another ring in a different uniform, but because there was an old versus new and exciting, and nobody was on the Broncos for that one because... It's not fun. Everybody wanted to be part of like this Carolina Panthers exciting high octane offense. And sometimes that just ain't enough. Yeah, and I have to admit, uh, having said all that, the Chiefs were obviously dominated at the line of scrimmage. They really missed those offensive tackles in a big, big, big way, quite clearly. Um, It was frustrating. I thought Andy Reid coming off a bye was going to be a coaching advantage, but instead they used five-man protection on 92% of the dropbacks. They just gave no extra protection. Their five play-action plays were the lowest in a Chiefs game over the last two seasons, so I don't know, man. I don't know. Very frustrating. Just absolutely no midstream changing there. And they were also distracted by his son. I know. I know. Right? By his son's like... I don't even want to call it a No, absolutely. That's a big distraction. His son was... 100% 100% that was a distraction before, right before. Um, Mahomes scrambled, uh, next-gen stats recorded at 497 yards before throwing the ball. It's the highest since they started tracking it in 2016. So for all we know, mm-hmm. it's the highest ever in the history of a football game. But seriously, how impressive was he? Um, you would look at the box score, you'd be like, what? No, no, that guy was literally pressured, yeah. the highest of any quarterbacks pressured in a game this season, I believe. And he's just throwing these Superman throws, diving. It's just unreal, man. Um, but uh, And he's doing it with a... With turf toe. Um, so having said that, also props to Tom Brady. Guy has 34 playoff wins now. Next highest is Joe Montana with 16. Um, he led the NFL in air yards per attempt at 43. Like, I, I mean, made me look bad. I mean, meanwhile, New England, I mean, they, they, you know, they looked horrible and they led the NFL in NFL opt-out. So just props to Brady's in Florida. His coach is giving him days off and he's winning Super Bowls and just the intangible stuff, the texts, I guess, throughout the two weeks before Mike Evans is saying every night with different yeah. plays for, I mean, just props to the guy, man. I mean, don't get me wrong. He's in the right situation. His defense, the last two Super Bowls, has allowed now a total of 12 points. Zero touchdowns to Sean McVay, Rams, and Pat Mahomes, uh, Chiefs, Andy Reid. Pretty impressive. But he gets it done. Props to Brady and uh, certainly made me look bad. <laughs> well, I, I will say that my favorite thing about Tom Brady winning the Super Bowl was um, the victory parade in Tampa Bay where he looked so loose, like he was out of a bad relationship and so happy to be with this rebound, you know, with this rebound new partner. And that was uh, like really refreshing because when I think about Tom Brady's life, like I don't, everyone's like, oh, what a charm life. He's won all these things and the supermodel wife and da 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 da. And I'm like, yeah, but do you want to live through the sacrifices that that takes? Like, I don't know. I, I, bet and I've said this in numerous times like I bet that guy has never like depressingly eaten a sleeve of thin mints just because he had a bad day right like the rest of us whether it's thin mints or bourbon or I don't know chicken wings whatever it is for you like any of that stuff doesn't exist for him and so uh, it was really nice to see him enjoying the victory right not just um, enjoying like relieved that he won but actually joyful that he won for sure. Yeah. He goes to bed at 830 every single night and eats a boring diet and he deserves he's, he's not playing at 43 and 44 years old for as, as an accident for, for sure. And it was fun to see him. I'm not sure 
if he really was drunk or not, but he's doing tweets afterward. I think he has an <laughs> underrated sense of humor. He actually does have a personality. Most people, uh, a lot of people don't think that, but his twi- tweets are, are not bad. He actually does, he's self-deprecating and uh, there's probably more to him. I know he's yeah, it's a little quirkiness there too, but um, whatever, man, he's the GOAT. I mean, all he does is win. I mean, changing teams in a shortened off season um, at 43 years old. I mean, now he's win- winning the Super Bowl. I mean, it's it's crazy, man. I mean, props to him. That's the worst the team has ever lost a regular season game, 30 three their loss to to the Saints to go on and, and, and win a Super Bowl. But man, Brady's just gonna have just all the records and no one's gonna come even close. I think that is perfectly stated all the titles for Tom Brady Dalton. Um before we get out of here though, you know normally I close the show shouting out our Twitter handles and the other pods on our platform, but um Today, I'm not going to do that because you are likely listening to this on Friday, February 19th, which would have been my dear friend Chris Wessling's 47th birthday. And as I'm sure you're aware, uh, Chris passed away two weeks ago after a second battle with cancer. I could spend hours, hours regaling stories about Wes. Um, how our friendship predated my time at Yahoo. And my gosh, how he accidentally broke a centerpiece by gesticulating too loudly and knocking it off the table, smashing it to bits at a bar in Venice the first time we met for in-person drink shortly after he had moved here from Tybee Island. But those are my stories. And everyone who knew Chris has their own, including the millions, millions of people who followed his work, whether it was reading his dynasty, <laughs> dynasty-focused blog, The Sons of the Tundra, or most recently as a cast member of the Around the NFL podcast. Unfortunately, Chris wasn't the only incredible human and keen football mind we lost this month. Yahoo's own Therese Paler, our senior NFL reporter, and a co-host of the Yahoo NFL podcast, left us a little over a week ago. We know that we are not the only ones missing his bright smile, his infectious laugh, his sharp intellect, and of course, his palpable passion for the game. A passion that, as listeners of this podcast, I am sure that you share. So in that vein... If you have enjoyed a football take or participated in a fantasy debate as Dalton and I just did, I'm asking you, we are asking you to go out in the world and do something kind for someone. Maybe, maybe someone you don't even know and do it in Wes and Therese's memory because they gave us so much without asking for anything in return. I'm Liz Loza. That's Dalton Del Don. We'll be back next week.
Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.